after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, your favorite podcast. That's right. Your favorite podcast all about TV commercials. We talk about the good ones. We talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. It's Sausage Sunday, when we share sausage, just like family. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. It's always us two. It's us two and you. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. So, um, it's actually not Sunday. It is Tuesday, and for a lot of people, like you and me, this Tuesday felt more like a Monday. It was back to work day after the long three-day Memorial Day weekend. And so that's when I got this wonderful idea for our podcast today, Genevieve. What about a whole bunch of commercials that all take place in the workplace? You did. It was your brainchild. It was such a good idea, wasn't it? Send all letters to... Would you say <laughs> that... Um, well, anyway, you can... When we're off air later, you can tell me how great that idea was. If we, I, I feel like we can rank it against some other ideas other luminaries have had over the years. Um, when we're talking about workplace ads, though, as you and I were brainstorming this, I thought the fun part was thinking of, like, not just the office ads or the boardroom ads, and there are plenty of those, and we'll talk about them, but also how else do you define a workplace? We have uh, commercials that take place in the classroom or newsrooms and factories. We have commercials for boner pills and, and tennis shoes and pantyhose and things other than just like your typical office supplies and stuff like that. So uh, we will have some fun with that. You guys sent us a whole bunch of those via Facebook, so thanks. We'll be getting into yours. And um, also we have a segment coming up called Get it right, dummies. Is that what we're calling it? Get it right, dummies. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and uh, you and I both have a commercial in mind that drives us crazy individually. Yeah. Some of the... We, we love uh, well-written and well-made commercials, but when somebody gets it wrong or it writes a commercial in a way that indicates to us that they uh, don't really understand what a what a buzzword or a catchphrase or a, or something that's in the popular zeitgeist really means mm-hmm. and they're just sort of repeating it uh, because they've heard it on the Twitters or something. It makes me so crazy and yes. I think it makes you feel the same uh, way. Oh, okay. So we'll each, uh, we'll each play our commercial that drives us crazy and then maybe you guys can vent about that too via Facebook. Um, also, Ad Council, I assume that we're going to check in with our listeners as we always do. Anything, as we... anything good? Anybody writing in to say how great my quiz was last week? No, but the, uh, the crackers versus chips wars continue. Really? Okay. Are we going to get into that a little bit? Oh, good. I I can't wait. First, let's get into our first workplace ad. Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. <laughs> Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Okay, that's, you know what? I don't use this phrase lightly. I'm going to call that commercial an instant classic. What is it, maybe five years old now or something like that? Maybe, I, maybe more. Maybe more. It, it is an instant classic. I, if you are the lone American or uh, citizen of Earth that hasn't seen that ad, uh, get thee to a YouTube or uh, get thee to our Facebook page. I will I will post the ads this week uh, sooner than I did this week. I know it was horribly delinquent. Um, but yeah, it's it was such a classic. It was one of those ads that immediately entered everybody's vocabulary. I've heard from parents who've said that it was like, 
just on there was just their kids at their middle school or their elementary school were just constantly you know Mike 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 and hump day and all you know it was so it was so quotable and so sort of memorable and we've talked at ad nauseum on the show about Geico and their strategy and their approach and some of them work better than others that one was a home it had to be a home run for them it was such a home run for them that they made a sequel to that commercial at a zoo yes as a matter of fact maybe we should just play that i mean you know it's it's fun when a commercial becomes so culturally significant that it actually they make meta commercials about it yeah. so for this one they do a follow-up there can't be many examples of that i can't think of one other than this one and you had to remind me of it before the show in this one instead of a camel being in the in the human workplace you have a bunch of humans at <laughs> the, the zoo in, which was arguably the camel workplace <laughs> right and well for some sad it's well let's not get political about zoos that's still a little <laughs> sensitive after this weekend's news right. um but uh so you have uh, a bunch of people visiting the camel cage or the camel enclosure at a zoo and uh you have a bunch of people standing around just even strangers just tourists yelling at each other while they're staring at the camels hey, guess what day it is <gasps> up day up day <laughs> It's not even Wednesday. Let it go, Phil. If you're a camel, you put up with this all the time. It's what you do. You know, I honestly, th- I, th- I think that commercial is funny, and I think that per- people's performances make it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think it would have, it was sort of a miss on Geico's part to have the camels. Um, kind of weigh in at the end with a punchline. Like, I actually think it would have been way funnier, but a slightly more subtle punchline if the camels had literally just stood there silently right. and that these are not talking camels. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, if you start to think about it too much, like, well, they're talking camels, but they, like, live in a cage. And, yeah, you know, right. It's one thing when a talking camel is in a workplace. That's There's, there's you know, it's absurdity on absurdity. Right. Um, one thing I... This is total sidebar, but the camel that walks through the workplace in the, in the mm-hmm. hump day, the original hump day commercial, is... It's so realistic the way they have it doing its thing. I mean, I wonder if they just is that like a real camel that's slightly CGI'd or oh, that's, how did I they have, get yeah, it to look so guy. real? I have no idea. Um, but yeah, you know, we this we've we've come pretty far afield in this discussion from the workplace. But like, I I like that I like that guy go at. I think what they were originally going for was sort of a sort of a riff on how exhausting the banalities mm-hmm. of the workplace chit-chat are. Like that Saturday Night Live, the famous one from the 90s, making copies. Exactly. It's just like, stop. We yes. don't have, and Seinfeld had a, had a whole bit about it. Like, you know, you don't want to have to always have to have come up with some new banal chit-chat in the hallway. Like, can we just become, you know... Vulcans for a second and be like, acknowledge, acknowledge. Right. Um, I do, you know about one of the biggest burns I ever suffered at the workplace, or the ones that like really stuck with me the most. You know this story? I swear I must have told you it before, but it's not coming to mind. Where I used to work, I used to work at uh, KCRW, a public radio station in LA, and you know that much, right? <laughs> it's coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was a woman there who it was pretty early on. Like I just thought she was so funny. I'd actually heard of her um, before I started there because she's a stand-up comedian. She also does some work around the station, but she's an off-air person at the station, but she's a stand-up comedian. And now she's a friend of ours, Monica Scott. But um, when I first started there, I was just like, oh, she's so funny and cool. And I didn't uh, I didn't really know her that well, but we had um, developed a sort of inner office banter a little bit. She worked in, in the room, kind of, she, she worked in the admin room, I worked in the newsroom, so she would walk by my desk every now and then and we would goof around about something. And um, 
and I was kind of shy around her because I really did. Like, I was, I wouldn't say starstruck, but I was, I think she's very funny. And she was clearly like the coolest person in the office for my money. So, anyway. Sorry, everyone else. <laughs> Nobody else listens. Um, and so, or if they do and they work at KCRW, they agree with me. But anyway, somehow we developed this thing where one day we were joking around and we were doing fake office banter kind of some conversation like this like oh god you know isn't that annoying when people say this right exactly and so we started doing fake office banter but then like it was like two days later or something she walks by my desk and i do it again and at this point i'm really kind of you know i'm being that guy and she just said to me you do know that there's not really a line between fake annoying banter and real annoying banter right i was just like Oh, I wanted to dig a hole so well, deep. And you know that that was a kind way for her to say, you've crossed the line. <laughs> yes, of course. From you, fake you, office Exactly. You, you have, it wasn't, I mean, the, no, she wasn't being kind. Like, she was shoving it in my face. It was, it was both hilarious, but also, like, I felt like so... She knows this story, by the way. I've told her this. I, I was just like, oh, like, the, it was just like, it felt like kind of like, oh, man, the cool kid at school was kind of giving me attention, but then I just killed the joke because I wouldn't let it go. Anyway, now we're super good friends, and she's trying to call me all the time to talk, and I'm like, maybe later. Yeah. That's not entirely true. All right, do you want to move on here? Let's we just spent on. a half hour before we, on... Uh, before we uh, <laughs> threaten to beat another horse that is, a, that that is that, dead. That, don't beat a dead camel. Let's do these Jimmy Dean ads. I, I like this one. I do, too. I didn't think this campaign, which went on for quite a bit, was flawless, uh, or that every ad worked equally well. Uh, but I, I like this one, and I'll set it up because it is sort of a visual joke. Uh, the main do, you, do you mind if I jump in for one second? I know that's super rude, but there, the one thing that I thought when I was watching this is I hadn't, I hadn't seen or didn't clearly remember this particular one, but I do think that the broader campaign will ring a bell for people if they remember the Jimmy Dean ad campaign where there was a guy, often not in the workplace – in uh, somebody's home dressed up like a giant sunshine, right? Thank you for interrupting me from saying exactly that. So, yes, he is dressed up like a giant sun, and he... (laughs) No, but what I was going to say was, like, do you remember the commercial? I think the one that was really, really famous from this ad campaign was the one where the sun is sitting down, like the sunshine was sitting down in a woman's kitchen, and they were bantering back and forth, and it was all about, like, getting her, her her breakfast on that day. Like, to me, that was the one I remembered. I didn't realize that they then took this same character and put him in the office place. I think there were more. Well, who knows? I mean, I haven't seen them all, but I think I, I think of it more as an office place commercial that then they expanded the campaign out uh, into maybe, other spheres yeah. because this is the one that I remember seeing first that I think you're going to play now, um, where it's the sunshine who is the main spokes uh, celestial body uh, talking to the other planets in the solar system and encouraging them to kind of be their best selves by getting a, uh, by having a good Jimmy Dean breakfast. It's such a weird concept. Like, I guess the idea sort of emerged from the, from, from saying like, oh, you know, you have a breakfast with the sunrise and they're like, well, if the sun comes up, what other weather and celestial phenomenon, Mm -hmm. uh, could interact with the sun, but it seems to have proceeded from like sort of a weird germ of an idea. Yeah. And so in this particular one, the, the scene opens and it's a very drab office place. We see the sun walking in and he's like getting off the elevator. But in the meantime, you also see like, 
Just a dreary looking cloud formation. Again, these are all just clearly guys dressed up in these in outfits. These great big, <laughs> right. huge round outfits. And then, uh, and then the sunshine runs into the moon. And the moon, though, is only at like I don't know, maybe it's it's a quarter of a moon or something. Moon. Hey, I thought you were supposed to be full time. It's not feeling it. You're not feeling it. That's what I said. How long till you rise? Couple minutes. Plenty of time. Oh yeah. As soon as the moon eats the sandwich, he becomes a full moon. The day begins with a. And then uh, the sunshine offers him some more food, and he says, "No, no, thanks. I'm full." Um, I think that's uh, really clever. I would like to point out that they've kind of ended that campaign. It ran for ten years, like this sun interacting with people. It ran from like 2005 to 2015. It was created by the agency TW. I'm sorry, TBWA. But then what they ended up doing was um, Jimmy Dean dropped them because they wanted to start appealing to a broader audience than just breakfast. They wanted to be appealing to lunchtime, even dinner sausages and stuff like that. So they end up having to um, get rid of that whole campaign. And then, you know, I was reading a bunch of press releases about it. They throw in stuff like, well, we're getting rid of the sunshine, but we're going to maintain that spirit of optimism that he brought. Like, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really... That's such a weird way of describing that campaign because... You heard the music. It takes place in this drab office. I think that the spoke sun is is fine and good, but optimistic is... I guess he's sort of optimistic. He's the optimistic He's character. optimistic, but he's more like sort of... Pr- he's giving these people sort of practical guidance. I also love the low-level, like, passive-aggressive animosity between the moon, who's just like, look, I'm just having an off day. <laughs> and, said, and the sun, who's kind of like, well, as your boss, I'm telling you that you can't. And didn't he even say, yeah, that's what I just I said. I assume the sun is the moon of the boss. Is that fair? You, you mean the boss of the moon? I'm sorry. What did I say? The, the moon of the boss, which is better and more poetic. <laughs> I actually didn't see it that way. I just thought that they were just um, co-workers and the well, sunshine th- is just like a ray of sunshine in everybody's day. I think the sun is the boss. Really? Yeah. Everybody orbits around the sun. We could write to the company that got fired yeah. for this campaign. Well, either way, I love the, the... It does not come across to me, though, as like... It's not a cheerful commercial. The music is a little bit downbeat. Mm-hmm. It takes place in what I think could only be described as a, a kind of generic drab office i think it's funny and i think it's kind of a clever conceit and also you don't really have to work that hard to sell a croissant with like egg and cheese and meat on it uh to me anyway uh but it's funny that they they think of it as this like you know very sunny and optimistic thing where to me it's more about like the the sort of the the humor and irony of these you know, celestial beings that have a very humdrum life. The kind of mundacity of it. Is that a word? Mundacity? Uh, well, Mundanity? Uh, well, I don't think it's mundacity. <laughs> um, mundaneness? Mundaneness. Um, do you remember any other from the campaign? Because I came across another one that I really liked. I want to play for you just because it makes me smile. Do you remember this one called Spaced Out? Uh, is it the one where the planets all dance in a circle? Yeah, let's just watch it for funsies. So there's a bunch of uh, planets, and it's like, I, I don't know, I think the sun is just trying to um, start the day right or whatever, and all the planets are just kind of like all sad and tired and low energy and just like milling about. And so he gets them all in line so that eventually by the end of this ad, they are all literally orbiting around just- him. <laughs> Mars is down, and 
Um, it's only 10 a.m. Who has another Jimmy Dean breakfast this morning? None of them have had their Jimmy Dean breakfast. Mm. Now let's orbit. I feel awesome. You're all awesome. <laughs> it's, just, it's so visual. It just makes me so happy. I agree. There, It's visually pleasing and, and charming. Do you find it at all troubling as a from a marketing perspective that they're advertising this thing, which is honestly a calorie bomb, and the visual that you get from the from the creatures that are eating it is that you turn into a giant round fat thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> that is true. That it's I'm surprised dead nuts in terms of right. truth and advertising, but it feels like a bad sort of connotation or association to to voluntarily make to your audience. That is true. I hadn't thought of it, and I wonder if that's a conversation that they had. I mean, the people in the costumes, I feel like they do a... You, you can feel that they did not want to make these especially attractive people. No, they're, they're not pretty, especially they're overweight. Just totally they just look like normal. Yeah. You know, one thing, and this will probably come up again, but in us describing the uh, mundacity... Uh-huh. Uh, in describing, I think what's confusing me about that is that there's a word called mendacity, which oh. means um, untruthful. Oh, okay. Well, in in discussing these uh, workplaces, and we're going to see a lot of this, especially for the office-centered ads that are very dreary and gray and a lot of like kind of eye-rolling sarcasm, don't you feel like um, the, the, the movie Office Space and, of course, then the TV show The Office, just like those two f- cultural phenomenon had, I think, a huge impact on these types of commercials? I think that's probably true, uh, that, that fluorescent lighting the you know that dull awful light mm-hmm. the uh, there's there's one that we're going to play later i think where somebody actually uses the word tps report which is obviously yes. a yeah. a deliberate nod to office space so yeah. i totally agree with you okay uh let's uh play this one for boner pills that's right boner pills in the office place oh, that music you've reached the age where you learned a thing or two so this guy who looks like a worker's Fixing a machine that's not working. What you're made of. So why let erectile dysfunction get in your way? Talk to your doctor about Viagra. Okay, anyway, we know the rest of this. Now script. the machine yeah. is working. Uh, but I think the twist is that he's in a printing press. You think he's like a just a worker guy fixing the printing press, but then he takes off his worker coat, goes up to his big fancy glass office, and you realize he's the company owner, and he's you know so he's a he's a silver fox business owner mm-hmm. type like they never i i think what's what's interesting about this is this kind of this campaign from viagra where someone's like boat doesn't work or his truck isn't working mm-hmm. or whatever like whatever quote-unquote machine is not working mm-hmm. it's always a sort of upper middle class to rich guy of a certain age and it's the the whole thing they're sort of targeting is like you've you you know You've really become the master of your domain in every other respect. Mm-hmm. Like, why let a little thing? I mean, like, literally, that's the tagline. Why let a little thing like erectile dysfunction, you know, derail you? You can, you know, you can master that. You're too. at the age of getting things you're, done. You're at the age of getting things done, and so you know, to, of course, it makes sense that they would have one of those, one of that campaign in a workplace, mm-hmm. uh, and be very focused on entrepreneur. Right. Absolutely. It's going. I mean, these commercials are aimed at a very specific class. You don't have a lot of poor people who are. Poor people have bigger real problems <laughs> going on. I don't want to denigrate anyone with ED. I mean, it's a, it's an issue. Have but... you seen the one where um, the instead of it being a boat or a machine or a truck, it's his penis doesn't work? <laughs> it's right. It's real spot on. <laughs> it's a little bit spot that on. That one's actually a commercial for motor oil. <laughs> 
You're, it's for a mechanic. You're at the age of getting things done. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, interesting to see, again, very workplace-oriented, but for a non-workplace uh, type of product. I don't know. Maybe this fits in the same thing. This is, a, this is an old ad from the 1980s for Legs. Now, that's spelled L apostrophe E-G-G-S, Legs brand pantyhose. I remember these so well. I've been on my feet six hours. You know how I feel? I feel like dancing. So, oh man, I love this commercial so much. This is a uh, flight attendant, a real like 1979, 1980 era I mean, flight this is, attendant. This is Julie Haggerty from Airplane right. Flight Attendant. <laughs> yes, she uh, just got off her shift and so she is uh, getting off the airplane and then she starts dancing around as you hear that music kicking. Now, this is the closest um, ad I could find to one that you were describing to me that you remembered from your youth. Yeah, so there was a commercial and I, I couldn't find it because honestly I didn't have a lot of keywords besides pantyhose and office but i remember very vividly from i want to say probably the early 90s um a woman she's in a workplace uh she's like i think it's supposed to be like a newsroom or something and i know she's sitting in a rolling chair and she's constantly like rolling her rolling chair all over the all over the her office space to like you know fix this thing grab that thing you know Print it, you know, whatever. Like it's, and I don't really remember exactly what what her workplace was, but it it theme seems like it was a newsroom or something. Um, and the the workout she's putting her pantyhose through is this kind of like it's an office job, but it still like demands her, you know, a, a strong mm-hmm. pantyhose. Um, and it's really interesting in the in looking for that today, which I did not find. I ended up looking at, and if you have a real specific fetish, <laughs> great news for you. There are all these compilations of pantyhose ads throughout, you know, from the history of television. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, I found a dozen of them. And what stands out to me about these pantyhose ads is that 99% of them are totally based on sex. It's a it's a sexy woman in a sexy dress doing like either dancing or um just like being sensuous with her legs and, you know, holding up her soft, like, oh, how soft this pantyhose is. And it isn't, there is a real, there is a real uh, sort of demarcation, I think, when they went from like, pantyhose are for sexy, a night, a sexy night out with your man. Like there was a whole, um, there was a whole campaign. I think it was legs. That was gentlemen prefer legs. It was all about like, oh, I remember that, what I your think. man prefers. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this kind of pivot to, no, you're a lady who's got to get things done. Mm. Your pantyhose can't rip all the mm-hmm. time. It's not about like how soft and sensuous are your legs. It's like, can you get through the workday without a run? It's the it's the era of uh, nine to five and yes. working girl. Precisely. And those, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got a note from listener Casey on the Facebook page, and she just said, you know, these days women are often shown in commercials as if they're in the workplace as being photographers, florists, expensive stationery store owners, <laughs> or office workers, but you never see them in food processing plants. You never see them as cashiers or other kind of soul-crushing jobs. Unless they're like uh, older, postmenopausal, and sort of objects of uh, scorn or fun. Mm -hmm. I I agree. You know, there are um, two office ads um, for two rival insurance companies. I don't think we have to play either one because we've talked about them a lot on the show or something. But, um, you know, I think of those flow ads as being kind of workplace ads. Now, listen, flow for uh, progressive insurance, they put her in all kinds of scenarios now. So it'd be surprising if she weren't 
in some sort of workplace in any of them. But if you recall, I think it was last week or the week before, we were talking about the very, very first Flow ad where they didn't think that she was going to be the star of this campaign. It was just this idea of taking insurance and instead of thinking of it as just some idea that you buy, some service that you buy, but an actual product. And so that very first Flow commercial, some guy goes into the quote-unquote insurance store and starts pulling these insurance packages literally off the wall and then goes to the checkout line and there's Flow as the, the cashier. So that's kind of like a workplace ad for something that is not necessarily a workplace product. And then there's the State Although, Farm. to call that a workplace is, I think, stretching the Maybe a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. But I was trying to think we don't have any retail store um, commercials in here I feel like there must be well it got tough because I didn't want to just pull a Walmart ad for Walmart because obviously that's a workplace yeah we we talk about you know what 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 are the criteria for what we're looking for and of course we break our own rules all the time but when I was doing my pre-show prep what I was thinking about in terms of workplace ads were things where the advertiser is using a workplace setting to either sell a product that is valuable to someone in a workplace or using the workplace to illustrate a concept. I think like the the Mike Mike or the Hump Day ad mm-hmm. is like a great example of that. It's not that Oh, another insurance, yeah. It's not that you buy insurance uh it's not that insurance is particularly useful to you as a work accoutrement, but it is uh you know, they were capitalizing on this sort of like joke about workplace mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. so but yeah there are a million ads where the people who are do who are selling you the thing they might show them in the factory that makes it or in the store that sells it that's less interesting to me because it's just sort of like that's how the sausage is made right now this one maybe fits in there i'm not going to play it but in the other insurance one i was thinking of although now we've covered all three major insurance companies is the uh, state farm one and we've talked about this one on the show before the state farm set up this whole premise in a series of ads where you're some poor schlub, your car broke down, something happened, you need an insurance agent, all you have to say is State Farm is there, boom, some insurance agent is there in front of you helping you out. Well, probably the best, the crown jewel of that ad campaign came years later when they show the other perspective. They just show a bunch of State Farm agents in their office place doing mundane things, and then all of a sudden they will just disappear. One will just disappear from his own, you know, uh, office birthday party because suddenly somebody out there in the world needs him and said the magic words. But the concept only works because they did all of that uh, lead up where the concept is you are the person in trouble uh, and you need the person. I think, I mean, if they had started with the people in the office... Maybe you could have worked backwards from there, but I think it would have been weirder and harder to sell. Um, I want to just kind of rattle off a couple others without playing them because we've either talked about them before or we don't need to play them. But other, I think, the real obvious um, standouts would be the Wendy's Girl. Yes. Like lunch. I didn't even put that on the list yeah, because of course. Well, we've played it. You hate crazy. it. They're your least favorite ads of all time. Right? But like relentless office banter about what are you eating for lunch? How's your lunch? Is your lunch as good as mine? Shut up. And the one that I thought of immediately when I thought of this fantastic idea for this uh, this show today um, was what I thought was kind of the best of both worlds, the, the famous Diet Coke 1980s Coke Break commercial where you had both, you had the uh, office space, but then you Primarily also populated have, by women. Pr- yes, a bunch of women in an office, but then all of a sudden it's three o'clock, so they take their Diet Coke break, and what do they do? They all go to the window, and they oh, look across the street. They're not taking a Diet Coke No, break. no, no. Across the street at the construction site, there's a fella, and he takes a Diet Coke break, 
and he takes off his shirt, right? For 100 points, can you remember that guy's name? One uh, of, I mean, we talked about it so much. One of the ad so counselors much. sent it to us. No, do you remember it? No, I was just going right. to Google it. All right, you, you look it up. While you look it up, I'm going to start setting up. So uh, getting out of the office here for at least a little bit, um, you found a bunch of commercials, Genevieve, that fit into the boardroom you know, uh, uh, scenario. And, and you know what, I'm going to go ahead and skip to, do I have this one up? Yeah. This is one of my favorites that I totally forgot about until you, uh, until you pulled it up today, by the way, before I get into this, have you found the name? No, I can't find it, um, but I'm sure someone will send it in. Okay, yeah. Oh, Lucky Vanos. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, knew it was a funny name. Because you and, you and an ad counselor were talking about that. That's yeah. right. Um, anyway, you found this one that I totally forgot about. And as you put in the notes, totally didn't realize this is somebody we know really well now, <laughs> TJ Miller, in this series of ads from, and I, I don't remember know, five this 10 ad. years ago. Yeah. I remember this ad when it was new. But, you know, of course, he was not a household name back then. And this is a fantastic ad. I believe it was a whole campaign where TJ Miller basically dressed regularly as a human, a somewhat just kind of schlubby human, is representing a man's cell phone and representing kind of uh, a dumber cell phone, a cell phone that is annoying and gets in the way. And in this particular ad, you have a guy, he's in a board meeting with a bunch of other important people, but he's got this phone laying on the desk. Only it's literally T.J. Miller just laying on the Across desk. This, on this long conference table, he's just you know there in his like jeans and sweatshirt lying on a, on a boardroom table as everyone's trying to get work done. Okay, thanks for gathering. The latest sales numbers are in. And some of you will have received an invitation from my office to sit down individually and discuss the next steps. If you follow the roadmap, the management hey, has set... did I get that invite? I really what? Did I get that invite? I don't know. Did he's, ta- me over. he's talking to his quote-unquote phone. Am I right? I still don't know. Touch me. <laughs> I expect us... Every time. You got a text message. Well, you're blowing up. We have a real opportunity. They're all from your wife. So he's like, he's starting to, he's starting to vibrate. But the, what I like about it is the other people in the room are getting annoyed by this guy's phone, but they're not acknowledging that it's, it's not a human. It's, anyway, I guess I'm over explaining it a little bit. I just think TJ Miller is so damn funny in this. He vibrates himself and gets super annoying and. Um, you could see, you can see, in the, even in this early uh, uh, incarnation, uh, what a talented comedic actor he is, um, and he has a real, and his style comes through too. I, it was so funny turning this. I was just looking for commercials that take place in a boardroom, and I remembered this one and went to look at it. And damned if it wasn't our our friend T.J. Miller. <laughs> um, all right, let's get, move on. I was going to keep playing I, that, but I, I, I like I that idea. I just want to quickly idea. talk about the the sort of idea, this trope of the boardroom commercial, because we've all seen a million of them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a it's a well understood American setting for a certain emotion, right? It's always it's it's always. I mean, I, maybe maybe not always, but it is almost without exception a narrative in which the hero or the protagonist of the commercial is a working person, a mid-level person who's either, you know, on the hot seat or trying to impress their boss. It's never the boss, right? Mm -hmm. The boardroom is where you go to be on display or to try to like make your mark or make your bones. And then something happens that either, you know, jeopardizes that, like your phone is being a dumb phone 
or something happens that allows you to triumph. Like you come in with like a great idea. You, you came in with a great idea and you like land the, the big presentation or whatever. But it's this really well trod, well worn trope. But we all understand it like instantly. You see a boardroom. You know what the situation is. Mm-hmm. And that's what, kind of what I like about it. This is one of my favorites that I did not remember at all. But you told me about it yesterday. Um, it's a direct TV commercial. By the way, I gotta mention direct tv when i think of uh boardroom commercials it's a little bit of a different scenario but i immediately think of that more recent direct tv campaign where you have um a bunch of i guess direct tv executives well, cable executives. or i'm sorry a bunch of cable executives having and, and they're just totally um they're, they're just kind of dumb and they're trying to talk about ways to compete with direct tv that that's a more modern one this is one from years ago and why don't why don't you set this up you're the one who remembered it uh, it's a boardroom. Uh, again, you know, I, I just described the exact setup, so you know what I'm talking about. There's the the protagonist is sitting at the table, uh, and he's realizing that they're going to be going late. And as he realizes that they're going to be working late, uh, he turns to his uh, uh, he turns he turn, he looks to his side, and there's Hellboy played by uh, Ron Perlman, who's the real Hellboy uh from the from the movies and uh hellboy says uh it looks like you're gonna miss getting to see me tonight and the protagonist says no no don't worry i've got it covered i can because i have direct tv i can i can record it remotely it's gonna be a late one people what a bummer dude now you won't be able to watch me on direct tv tonight relax red i can easily set my own dvr to record you right from here done Wow. You know, you're a little scary up close. And he realizes that he has said you're a little scary up close to the woman who was actually sitting next to him and not Hellboy. It was all a dream. I kind of like that, too, because I happen to like the Hellboy movies, and I thought it was like a nice little piece of cross-promotion. I've never seen them, but um, should we play this FedEx one? or should, You know, the FedEx one, um, it, it's so visual, but it's just another boardroom ad that you found yeah, where basically... It's, it's like if you need more evidence that this is a trope, like, there it is. We'll put it on the Facebook ad. It's not super important that we play it. I think it's one... Of, I mean, there's a whole bunch of... And you see these often, I feel like, during football games, too, where it's kind of like business-to-business advertising, sort of, or, um, or maybe not business business, but advertising towards business people who are always looking for better business solutions, whatever the F that means. <laughs> like everybody's always looking for better business solutions. Hey, can we call like, this show Better Business Solutions? Yes, sure. Write that down. <laughs> but you know, it's just kind of like, you know, we're having trouble making our bottom line. And then somebody will suggest, well, have you tried FedEx's Better Business Solutions package? That will make, you know, with ground support and air, will make our competition see red. And then in this particular one that you pulled, then the boss just repeats exactly what the employee said, but the boss gets credit for it because he says it with just the tiniest bit more pizzazz. Yeah, and also pizzazz. he says it as because he's the boss and, it, and right. like everybody's got to do what the boss says. Anyway. It's not, it's not mystery. It's not a it's not a mystery. There's a zillion of those. So let's get out of the boardroom for a second here and, and get into, into the, classroom. the classroom. Now, did you remember this one or did you just find this just by kind of poking around? Because we said we wanted to, you know, find, you know, people who are doing jobs outside of the, the, the stereotypical office place or whatever. This is for Jack Link's Beef Jerky. And you have this woman. She's a teacher in front of a class of, I don't know, 11-year-olds or something. And she's just kind of staring into the middle distance and she's clearly hungry and that is a Affecting her mood and her ability to teach. Jack Link's Jerky presents Hangry Hacks. Her, her stomach, stomach is rumbling. Are you okay, Miss Jacobs? No talking during 
so she picks up her chair like she's going to slam it. She breaks her pencil. She's so hangry right now because she's hungry and angry, and that's what angry means, and I felt the need to explain that. And she picks up her chair like she's going to smash it into the desk, but she's actually got some Jack Link's beef jerky taped underneath her, uh, underneath her chair uh, as an emergency measure. <laughs> because we're going to watch a movie instead. And then once she eats her Jack Links, she's totally chill, and she's going to show the class a movie, and then at the end she says, uh, who wants to watch a horror movie? I, I like how the t- Oh, God, did you hear about that? No, what are you talking about? Um, we talked about this on Grapes of Rad, my other podcast, uh, but apparently there was some, some classroom somewhere, and I can't remember now uh, where it was, but um, allegedly this teacher showed the, a, a high school class some or all of one of the Human Centipede movies. No, why? Under what? God only knows. We The, the, the school was very careful to shut the commenting. Like, they, they sent a, a note to parents saying, like, some inappropriate material was shown to your students. Like, the person, the, the person who was at fault has been disciplined. Like, let's speak no more of it. Wow. I no, know. I wonder under it's what. Bonkers. Yeah, I mean, that person just must be insane. Um, you found a, an office ad that did not ring any bells for me at all, although I get the impression well, this might have been a super. Was this a Super Bowl ad? Uh, somebody sent this to us. Uh, I can't remember who. Uh, uh, Eddie. Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. Is it Eddie. Eddie in Texas? Um, I don't know. I didn't copy that part down. Uh, but Eddie, thank you so much. Uh, I vaguely remember this ad, and I, uh, but I do, I do like it. So, I was momentarily concerned that the the man in it is the only, was the only black actor because he's clearly mm, like the mailroom guy, right? But then I noticed that they went sort of went out of their way to cast a lot of other black actors in more white collar roles. So, so I mean, the, I think it's all music. So I'll just hit play here. And what this is is it's basically the office supply guy who's kind of like the mailroom guy. He's like pushing a cart only instead of having a bunch of mail in the cart is all kinds of office supplies. And it's just a, a full minute of him just like going through some sort of office place, like giving everything every everything they need whether it's pencils staplers whatever but he's he's super super cool in doing so and he's just making everybody's life better by giving them office supplies better chairs etc etc and i guess i mean it's pretty straightforward it's just for office max we have everything you need i think it's just stylistically it's effective because it's well shot the guy seems super cool the song um, is great the it's song is great but I, I didn't know this song I looked it up it's uh, it's by the spinners rubber band man and here is the interesting thing this is why I'm playing it the interesting dazzling detail I found Genevieve is this ad was directed by David Kellogg who also directed a few films nothing really of note except the movie cool as ice <laughs> feature <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> true yes featuring I uh, I uh, uh, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice's movie was directed by the same I'm guy. I'm sure you mean Rob Van Winkle. <laughs> um, I mean Mr. Ice. So anyway, <laughs> that's the only reason I played that. I think that that's a pretty good commercial. It's definitely fun and it's definitely directed by the guy who did Cool as Ice, so worth a mention. Uh, what else? What, oh, do you want to play this IBM one? Because I, I like your comment on I this. I do. We have to uh, maybe zip through these a little bit faster. I will try to not to tell any more uh, stories from my childhood oh, or my uh, last work place but um this i like, is I a like good this one because it's like a big middle finger to millennials yeah do you want to set this one up this is for ibm uh yes for ibm um for i guess ibm is like such a weird company because i don't exactly know what they sell anymore they mostly sell like i mean better business, better solutions. business solutions exactly uh so this uh woman a female executive walks up to an office with a young um 
um, sort of millennial type sitting at his computer. He is uh, typing away or tapping away at his uh, computer and they have a conversation about how he's social networking. And I think that's probably... Yeah, and his body language, I just want to say, his body language is so just Oh, like, it's punchable. He's just so over it. And yeah. this woman is like, you know, she's a woman probably yeah, she's, in her she's mid-40s. Older, right? And she's a, she's a professional and she's been in the business for a while. What are you doing? Social networking. Social networking? Everybody's doing it. I have 826 friends. That's a lot of friends. Well, I can find anyone. Okay. I need to put together a team of international finance experts who know merger arbitrage, have 10 plus years experience, speak Cantonese, and can hit the ground running Monday. I don't have any friends like that. And then the, uh, the text says, stop talking, start connecting. IBM, better business solutions. And like, lady, be honest, that, re- that request was not realistic for any, right. anyone. Even IBM can't put that team together. But I enjoy the, the big F you to millennials. Yeah, what is arbitrage, by the way? That's not the thing you told me about where you rub up against somebody on the subway, is it? That is frottage. Okay. <laughs> what is arbitrage, do you know? <laughs> I, I heard it in an 80s movie <laughs> was it nine to five I, or working girl it was probably wall street <laughs> all right this one uh has a lot to dig into so this was a whole series of commercials that i gotta say i actually don't remember and i think the reason is i'll bet you this is really big among certain of our listeners or a certain subset of our listeners but this was before you and i were watching much football this harkens back to 2001 2002 and they are the terry tate office linebacker ads and I, I looked him up um, uh, Terry Tate is just a character um, I really thought he was a real football player <laughs> I didn't I wasn't really sure so I just looked him up and I thought oh yeah who I probably looked it up thinking who did Terry Tate play for well <laughs> Terry Tate. I'm going to read you directly from uh, Wikipedia because they will have better words than me, probably. Terry Tate, office linebacker, was a series of short comedy television commercials created by Rawson Marshall Thurber. Oh, by the way, I looked him up. Rawson Marshall Thurber. He went on to direct uh, We're the Millers, which came out in the past few years. Uh, Easy A, which had Emma Stone in it. I never saw that, but I think you did. I've seen all of these movies, actually. The movie Dodgeball. Yeah, of the three, I regret seeing Dodgeball the most. The, The We're the Millers is like a solid Saturday afternoon watch. Anyway, so uh, Terry Tate was created by this guy, Ross and Marshall Thurber. Um, and then I think basically he created a short film and then Reebok came in and said, we want to use this character and this idea. So, um, he created it in 2000, and then in the Super Bowl in 2003 for the 2002 season, they did a, a long one-minute commercial. I think that's what we're going to watch here. Terry Tate, office linebacker. I think that you and I didn't get into it too much, but I could tell from the way you are talking about it before that you're not a huge fan. I actually kind of like this. Let's play a little bit of it. It starts with a guy who I think... The guy who's talking to the camera, like, it starts with just a a man sitting behind a desk talking directly to you, the viewer, and he's a little menacing, sort of. It's interesting casting. He's kind of like his teeth look a little punched in. He looks like a businessman, but he's not attractive. It's a weird look. I'll get into why I don't like this ad, but yeah, he's he's the owner of the company that has hired Terry Tate. And Terry Tate is this uh, linebacker who's uh, in the office place uh, as kind of an inspiration for everybody to do a better job. When we asked Reebok to send us Terry Tate, some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in paradigm breaking, outside the box thinking. Hey, buddy. Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You're 
know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard. Okay, I'm going to pause it there for a couple of reasons. First of all, what you're not seeing, if you've never seen these ads before, is Terry Tate obviously is just slamming into people around the office. If, if somebody is taking their break too long, he slams into them. If somebody's making how does a linebacker solve exactly, their professional right. problems? Now, and then you foreshadowed this, uh, Genevieve, the TPS reports directly. That's a joke directly taken from Office Space. Now, here's why I'm liking this commercial at this point is because this is like the most like 12 year old boy thing I could say. The hits look so real and painful. Yeah. Like it is amazing. Like it, he is throwing these people around the office and I'm believing it. And the sound is really good. Yes. I have no problem with the production values of this. I think a lot of things are done. Well, I understand why this, there, there were many, many of these ads made and they were very popular. I think. Should I continue? And yeah. Then give we it. Can, like, okay, why don't we yeah. Go, yeah. Hey, new baby. Hey, Janice. <laughs> but what's really impressed me is how Terry's become part of the Felcher family. He fits right in here. That's a low distance call, Doug! <laughs> to be honest, I wish Reebok sent us 10 Terry Tates. You want to play games, Gene? Well, when it's game time, it's pain time, baby! <laughs> Anyway, that's the end of that particular ad. Um, so I, I, I like it. I think it's funny. It makes me laugh. It's delightful. It makes me laugh. It is funny. I honestly had to go back and look at that ad several times to make sure I understood what product it was for. It's for Reebok, in case you missed it. Um, the only indications that there that it's for Reebok are at the very beginning, the, the company owner actor, who is weirdly menacing. Look, I think he was miscast. Um, says like we asked Reebok to give to loan us a linebacker and he, he has like That's, a yeah. coffee cup that says Reebok and at the very end he says something like I wish Reebok had sent us 10 of them or whatever but riddle me this what what am what am I supposed to buy what's my takeaway yeah away? no as far you, as a, like, yeah what, I agree there's you don't even there's like not even a, a second not even a, an iota of product placement in it mm-hmm. or like product. there's a plaque behind him that says like things i honestly yeah, didn't right. even see that like yeah. and and nor is that the focus of the ad like i don't understand what reebok's trying to do here i understand what the filmmaker is trying to do which is tell a funny story i don't understand what reebok's like strategy here was it feels very unfocused and more like um Funny first, strategy second, or never. Right. And I completely agree with you from an advertising perspective. I think this is one of those, like, you you know, maybe they had a bigger portfolio of other, like, straight up, like, guy running cross-country Reebok ads. Oh, and and look, this is just part of it, and they get attention. Reebok and I, has money to burn, right. obviously. And I think that probably this is uh, to the year 2000 or 2001, they end up making the buy. I think that's really when, when marketers are starting to realize, like, viral videos are yeah. where it's at. So let's just, like, buy something that that's- has tons. <laughs> of like um, potential to get people talking that people will start passing around this thing called the internet and uh, <laughs> you know I mean no, I'm not I trying mean, to make it sound like the internet's not in its infancy in 2000 but it's be still becoming part of just daily work life you know yeah. in 2000 my first job we're still clipping things we're using the internet but we're also still clipping things out of newspapers and saving them in these big file drawers for like news stories down the line yeah so. no no argument I think you're probably right I just think that now this would be like a pretty unsophisticated way to get your product story out there. Now, I don't want to go too long, but before the show, one of the other things that you had a problem with, I think, was you felt like... So another commercial in this series was called Sensitivity Training, and I saw a bunch of references to that today, but I didn't watch them. I've called one up here. Did You, you found this one actually to be kind of... 
This one actually borders on offensive to me. And why? Why? It's another Terry Tate one, um, and it's it, for one thing they really run out of jokes. Like the joke is this dude tackles people and yells at them for doing office infractions. So in this one, they take the joke another step, and they have um, they have him tackle someone who farts in an elevator. Which first of all, I'm sort of over it from farting in an elevator. Um, the guy who gets tackled then decides to take action and file a complaint. Uh, and then they bring in a sensitivity training expert. And that for some reason that I cannot fathom, they have made the sexitivity, sensitivity training expert this very like tarted up woman in like a really low cut shirt with her, you know, breasts hanging out. And she's very trashy looking. And all the men in the office are kind of leering at her. And it's like, I don't understand what the. Yeah, what's that what's, joke? What's the joke except, you know. Titties, I guess. I mean, if anything, you would think, and this would also be offensive because of, and also just like, um, kind of uh, low hanging fruit. But if anything, you would think of the sensitivity trainer as being super drab and boring right, and up. marmish or something. Like, so should I play any of this just to satisfy curiosity, or do you think it's a waste of time? Be I honest. Mean, I honestly think it's a waste of time. Okay, I'll let's po- just skip it I'll then. I'll post because, it yeah. for anyone who you know. Okay. For well, me, I'll be the Desperately one who Desperately needs to see it. Well, I, I wouldn't mind just because having read about it, knowing it was a cultural phenomenon, but knowing that you're saying it's kind of crappy, which I, I believe you, I'm sure that I will agree with you when I watch it. I'll, I'll watch it later. I'll be one of the people. You know what? We'll get at least one Facebook hit this week. <laughs> uh, let's stick with a sports people in the oh, office I love place. This one. Well, then you go ahead. And this one has Adrian Peterson, who I do not personally know. Minnesota Viking. Enjoy, right. Uh, because of his uh, child abuse. Uh, you mean the history. way that he chooses to Abuse raise his, his child. children? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, obviously, ESPN, I'm surprised that we've gone... By the way, happy 30-versary, by the way. This is episode number 30 yeah, for us. Big 3-0. Big 3-0. Um, Dirty 30. <laughs> oh, we should have done that. Oh, damn it! We should have done, like, the bunch of... Wait, did we already do sex cells? Turn it <laughs> off. We did already do sex cells. Um... Let's see here. So this is, uh, I mean, ESPN has has done these um, commercials. It's always for, it's usually for Sports Center, right? Yeah, and this just, is Sports Center. They're just hilarious. I mean, they're just like the driest. They're to the point. They're usually fifteen seconds long. I think, and they this almost one might be all 30. take place in the workspace. Yes, in in the their workspace, yes. their newsroom. And you think, boy, working at ESPN must be so much fun. But you always just see like it's a bunch of cubicles and a bunch of people just kind of making small talk over their cubicles or whatever. Only they're famous people. Like in this case, it's Scott Van Pelt. ESPN Scott Van Pelt, and he's talking to Adrian Peterson, and they're just kind of the acting is always good in these. They're just yeah. like, kind of like talking like regular guys and talking. I almost about- put one from Cam Newton, but Cam and I would have just to tweak you because you hate mm-hmm. Cam Newton so much. But I have to say, Cam Newton is the worst. He cannot. Oh, really? He can't deliver his like oh, that two kind of lines me. to save his life. Really? Yeah, he's awful. Um. Anyway, in this one, uh, let's see. Uh, Scott is talking with Adrian Peterson about Adrian Peterson's nickname, which is AD. Apparently. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, I never got tired, so my dad started calling me AD for all day, and it stuck with me ever since. I like that. AD. All day. Yeah. So, um, what's your nickname around here? Okay, and I want to say after Scott um, talks about not having a nickname, his coworkers start passing. Yeah, and the him. guy who comes up first is I think Stuart Scott, and I don't know who the white guy is. Me? Yeah. No, I don't really have a nickname. Pretty much just call me Scott. All day. What's up? Hey, bedwetter. <laughs> Guys are always clowning, you know. <laughs> bedwetter. <laughs> well, told you that in, in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> 
go ahead and get this fax out. This <laughs> copy and Pell just like quietly goes like, well, I guess I better just finish my faxing. And again, back to just the most mundane thing in the world, which and is you, sending a fax in this in this place where you just hear those phones ringing. And one of my favorite things is you, is that phone is the, the background noise yes, that they it's put. It's so good. It's such a small detail, and you don't think about it until you really sort of unpack these. But the way they put the background noise of like. Uh, sort of paper shuffling and phones ringing and that office sound that you hear in offices is just great. And it really underscores the uh, just work-a-day doldrums that are, that is sport, that is, you know, ESPN. But at the same time, they have, like, guys in mascot costumes right, walk around right, like they're right. just, like, that's just their normal work-a-day attire. I know you've heard this a million times, but I just got to say, when I used to work at one of the radio stations here in town, um, they shared their facility with um, ESPN, the, ra- the local radio ESPN affiliate. And I know I've told you this, but I was just sitting at my... I was so new and so in love with my first commercial radio job as opposed to public radio, and the newsroom was a much more vibrant place. But it was actually a quiet moment in the uh, afternoon. I think our show was all, uh, over for the day. I was doing some prep for the next day. And I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I just look up and without really much fanfare at all, the Mariner Moose, the mascot for the Seattle Mariners, just is walking through the newsroom. It must newsroom. have been such an, a Sports <laughs> yes, Center moment. It was exactly a Sports Center moment. And, and I'm not going to say that nobody made a big deal. Like somebody came up to him and like gave him a big hug or something like that. But he was just like walking through the newsroom to get back to the ESPN people in the Moose costume. And you know me, I love mascots. I was just like, oh my God, I never want to quit this job. And so they fired me. No, they didn't. All right. Well, let's uh, leave the workplace conversation there if that's okay with you genevieve we don't leave too much on the table there um and uh get to this segment get it right dummies what you talking about what you talking about all right i don't know what song that is either um, do you, which one should we start with? The one that drives you crazy or the one that drives me crazy? Start with the one that drives you crazy because it's the worst offender and then uh, mine's, mine's a little bit less egregious. Okay. Now, I know that I have talked about this um, commercial to friends. I think I've said it on other podcasts. So um, I can't uh, – you're, you're telling me I've never said it on this show before though? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think we've talked about this one specifically. Well, if it is a repeat, I apologize. And I'll, I'll try to keep this really quick. But this is a, the Super Bowl ad for uh, a car company. I didn't even know until I'm looking at it now that it's actually for Hyundai. And it was from this last Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. And the, the basic premise of this commercial is a couple of people are on a camping trip, I believe. And they're, um, they're running from a couple of bears in the woods and um the the reason as they're running to their car to get away one of the people just talks into their keychain and says unlock or something like that and they're able to, because of that technology, get into the car and drive away really quickly. Um, the, the, the whole point, obviously, being that you should get this new technology because it could save your life. Um, at the end of the commercial, though, after they outrun the bears, the bears sit at the side of the road discussing the near miss they just had or whatever you would call the near conquest they just had which is really weird because suddenly at the end like these animal i mean this it's isn't totally even like a mess it's, it's totally a mess it's t- it's just tonally all over the place it starts like a horror movie then it becomes like uh 
you know, the the uh, country bear jamboree. It's totally right. ridiculous. Like suddenly these these are talking animals, which is also already just so overdone, especially in Super Bowl ads, I think. But anyway, what really gets me mad isn't just that this is a messy commercial, which it is. It's what the bear says at the very end. It is infuriating to me. Let's just listen to actually, I guess we should listen to the whole thing. It's a pretty long ad. So let's skip to here. It's just like, see, it's so scary in this part. Yeah, it starts like a horror film. Very realistic bears. Yep. You talk, it starts. Remote start on the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Did he just talk start that car? I just wanted to hug him. I was going to eat him. Thought you were vegan. That's my cheat day, so I'll just eat around it. What? Do you not understand about veganism, cheat days, and eating around shit? Because none of those things made sense it's at a, all. It's a, just a hodgepodge of diet-like buzzwords that some idiot heard once and put in an ad to, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. It's so poorly written. It is like the laziest writing that I've ever heard in a commercial. I mean, let's just break it down really quickly. If you're vegan, I mean, there are people, um, as a matter of fact, okay, I, I will mention this. My friend Luke, who I do the TBTL podcast with, I told him about this. I want to rant about this with him just recently. And he, who has actually done a lot of commercial work before, voiceover, stuff like that, he said, oh, I bet you I know what happened there. He had a term for it. I can't remember what it is. But the very often what they'll do is they'll let the actors just kind of um, ad lib at the end. And there will be a whole bunch of different versions. And then it's not so much the writers, but the producers of the commercial kind of, you know, they'll they'll maybe audience test it, see what gets the best laughs, what just like works. and they'll and they'll keep those versions. Yeah. So in this case, it could have been three three different takes. Me, I mean, who even knows yeah. what ended up happening? And, and, it, and of course, because the bears' mouths are just moving, they can have as many different right. versions as they want. For me, it's actually like five dumb jokes in a row that don't make sense. I'm just focusing on the last three: the veganism and the eating around it. But like speaking of Luke, he is somebody who actually did do this vegan thing, kind of as a weight loss thing. But ninety nine, I was a vegan when t- you met me. But ninety nine percent of the time, you're not doing. Doing veganism as a weight loss thing, it's more of a way of life because of maybe your conviction about animal welfare, yeah. or maybe it is a, a fully healthy thing, but you don't usually take cheat days from veganism. No. You will take a cheat day from maybe a low-carb diet yes, or something like that, exactly. not veganism. And then, okay, even if it is your cheat day, what the hell does eat around it mean? If it's your cheat day, what are you eating around? You're just eating the – you don't need to eat around it. It's, and I, it's your cheat day. What the f- and I know it would sound like we're being pedantic, but it's just lazy, lazy writing because none of those things make sense in the context of each other, and that is lazy writing. And and that's or it's lazy ad libbing on on the or it's un it's sort of ignorant ad libbing on the part of whoever did it, mm-hmm. or or possibly um, just dummies in the editing room or whatever. But yeah, they definitely knows? get it. So that's why I'm going to give it one of these. What you talking about? I just wanted to play that again because I, I, I worked so hard to edit it like that. All right, what's yours, Vive? All right, well, I think that the uh, that Hyundai Elantra commercial was by far the worst offender, and it drives both of us crazy uh, when we see it. But this is another one that I had sort of the same reaction to. Uh, you've probably seen this at this campaign. It's for pistachios. Um, uh, and they, I forget what brand, but it's like the brand of pistachios. It's wonderful. Wonderful. It's like me. the same people who do Palm oh, Wonderful. Oh, well, Palm Wonderful. So, you know, they sort of make these like high-end... Uh, I guess, health food in a sense. Uh, and they do, you know, uh, pistachios, blank, blank kind of person or blank kind of character 
uh, eats them this way. And then it's usually a joke based on, you know, something about that I character. I know. I wish I could think of another example. Well, the one it's basically that always... a ripoff of the old Oreo ad, remember? Oh, yeah. You're right. Oreos did that in the 90s. They would yeah. be like, they would show Oreos and then the vampire would put two holes and right. it would be like, you know, Dracula eats them this way. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, they, I, the one that stands out to me is actually the one uh, from the uh, the Winklevoss twins. Uh, you remember the, they're mm-hmm. the, of course, the, the famous Facebook uh, people or sort of people. And they uh, they they get they had a pistachios commercial where the the Winklevoss twins eat pistachios carefully and like they're very like litigious you know like sort of like getting everything oh, in writing. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. But the one that makes me and so and actually I don't hate this campaign. I think it's it's kind of clever. Yeah. Um, I think Stephen Colbert's done one. Yeah, they have real people and they have characters and, have characters. and they just have rando things that they come up with. Yeah. So this is one where it's a dominatrix. Uh, she's like all kitted out and you know. Uh, latex and leather and she has a whip and high heels um so why don't you just play it dominatrix do it on command so she whips the pistachio and it's like shell whips off Mm -hmm. but they totally missed the pivot or the, the the joke or the punchline or whatever it is because dominatrixes do not do it on command no they command others submissives do it on command. submissives do it on command right dominate when i grin by the way i would effing love to see (laughs) submissives do it on command and whatever that looks like with pistachios is he cracking that shell with his butt (laughs) but let's assume that's not gonna happen it was such an easy fix with the writing Dominatrixes do it with authority. Yes, it's yes. so easy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. just feels lazy and stupid, and like, a, like, a, like a guys in a writer's room, like, hey, 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 you know. Right, yeah. And I just, I know, I'm like probably projecting a lot onto this, uh, but it just no, made I think me you're mad. Right. I, I think you're actually right. I mean, it's just like that's what drives us crazy about it. like this one. You can't even make the argument. Oh, it was maybe some um, ad libbing and then an editing. It's just no, kind not of, at all. It's like, this it was, was written specifically written for this very short twenty second ad or whatever. The these tiny ads are and uh it was just like it, w- it was broken from the beginning it's written by somebody who clearly does not understand the very basis of this commercial so i'm Absolutely. with you i actually think this is a we're going to get into um uh our, our mailbag here and checking with the ad council i actually think this would be a good call for it i know there must be other ads out there that drive people crazy and in this case you know i'm not just saying this drives you crazy because you don't like the ad or you don't like somebody's yeah face, but i'm like, not talking about the uh, chevy guy we yeah. all hate the chevy guy <laughs> right but the, like somebody who has written a commercial with very specific ignorance of the very topic yes. that they're supposed to be writing or joking about or something like that. Anyway, so uh, you know how to write those, uh, how to send those to us. Write us at uh, after these messages show at gmail.com. And while we're giving that out, let's uh, let's go ahead and check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Veeves, I don't usually check the email you do, so I am handing everything over to you. What is what is going on? Well, uh, we got a, plenty of good uh, emails and uh, some V-mails this week, and we saw plenty of activity from you guys on the Twitters and Facebooks. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone. I don't think we did a particularly good job of crediting the people who sent in some of those ads that we talked about for the office uh offices and workspaces so thank you to those of you who sent them in uh, we really did we did uh, use a lot of them 
Um, for uh, for non-workplace uh, ad council feedback, we heard from listener Leslie, uh, who wrote in, I haven't seen these in the wild, but I followed Dean Fleischer Camp, one of the creators on Twitter, and heard about this new Clearasil campaign that is trying to avoid the embarrassment of tone-deaf marketing to teens by just acknowledging that they are adults trying to market to teens and don't really know what they're doing. Um, and she sent us a really great thank you so much, Leslie. I love this kind of thing. Uh, she sent a great Ad Week article talking about this whole sort of almost, I don't know if it's reverse psychology, if that's quite the right right term for it, but this very um, just honest and unpretentious way of talking to teenagers where Clarissa says, no bones about it, we don't know anything about teenagers. Like we're, I think it emerged from <laughs> apparently in a, some sort of ad ad planning or marketing meeting, some exec from Clearasil said, uh, we should try to do something with one of these May Mays, <laughs> which is a mispronunciation of meme. Everybody knows it's meme Everyone knows it's meme Uh But anyway, yeah, so uh, I think someone got the idea from that, or, uh, this Drogify, which is a, I think we've talked about them before. They've mm-hmm. done a lot of ads that we've yeah. covered. Uh, and Drogify, where somebody had the idea like, hey, why don't we just, you know, throw out all the bullshit, admit that we really don't know what teens are into, but we do know how to give them clear skin. So uh, why don't you play one of these? Um, Does it matter which one? I see there's a whole bunch the, here in play this. Play the one in, the, in the, this one here. Yeah, yeah, we should say this is an Ad Week article. Who, oh, I think you did, who wrote up. So here's the first one. We know acne, we don't know teens. And we see three teenagers, uh, kind of youngish teenagers, sitting in a hot tub. But it you know, looks pretty wholesome from here. I haven't seen these yet. They're cute. Hi. Hello. Do you like pizza? Okay, what about this? Skateboarding. Or this? Uh, sports car. This? We work at Clearasil. And we're just trying to tell you that Clearasil Ultra works fast. But we don't know how to do that because we don't really know teens. <laughs> we only know teen acne. So we're just going to guess what you guys like. A lot of times. So you're into this. All right. Do you guys like hard stuff? Hard core stuff? (laughs) (laughs) We can try many things. Dang. Okay. Just like a lot of hot sauce Hmm. on a chip. Someone doing some adult trying to dance, rip their jeans. Please just help us out. (laughs) We're just trying to tell you Clearasil Ultra works fast. Okay, cool. Great. See you soon. Let's be clear. We know your acne. We just don't know you. I love that. I love the voiceover actress. She sounds like a doctor or somebody. You know what I mean? They found an actress, a voiceover actress who doesn't have a particularly um, professional voiceover sound. I think it's so smart and so clever. And it's it's just such a jujitsu of like, uh, you know, not trying to speak to kids in their own language. You know what it reminded me of mm. big time? Um, we, we've we talked on the show about how much we enjoyed Mr. Show uh, before. There's a great sketch from, uh, I forget what season, but a Mr. Show sketch where it's a bunch of grownups who decide they want to appeal to teenagers and give them some, you know, uh, like, you know, good advice on on like staying safe or being you know being good citizens or whatever so rather so they make a video just for teens and they call it no adults allowed but it's just these obvious adults clumsily dressed up and acting like teenagers you want to play like a minute of that because like one of them is like bald one of them's bald he has a he's he has a big beard and he's bald 
Hi, I'm Kenny. I'm 14 years old, and I love to play those damn video games. <laughs> I'm Kate. I'm 13. I like to stay out till all hours of the night, just as long as I call home. I mean, what does it take? Oh, hi! I'm Lionel. I'm 16. I like to take things for granted, but that'll end soon. <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta say, you know, I go to go back to that Clear Soul ad for a second. I really love those ads. I think it's really well done. But then I'm kind of like, yeah, but I'm also like basically 40 now so like how do i know if that's actually a good campaign like will it actually talk to the people it wants to like i think it's effective but i guess here's what i'm getting at is i remember just hating like anti-smoking psas when i was younger because they were so clearly desperate and out of touch and it was just so clearly adults trying to be hip this was the 90s when like it was just kind of like they were trying to like you know get into that 1990s mtv culture and produce these anti-smoking campaigns in that style and it was just just so painful because they were so bad yeah. and so transparent. I was just watching TV the other day, and aside from the really kind of like the really grotesque ones, like the guy who talks through the hole in his mouth, or I shouldn't say grotesque, but scary ones maybe, uh, is a kinder way of putting that. Um, the the anti-smoking ones that are aimed directly at teens, I was kind of thinking, oh, wow, they're getting better at these. They have one where it's kind of like it kills your pet, so they have all these like cat memes or whatever, and I'm watching, and I'm like, no, this isn't better. I'm just old now. Yeah. I'll bet you a million bucks that there's a teenager watching this and be like, yeah, we get it. Like, cats on the internet are so over yeah. old people. Here's here's a quick tip for you, uh, anti-smoking advocates. We don't smoke in our homes with our pets because our parents can't know that we smoke. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, what else do we have in the uh, ad council or from the ad council? Oh, just a final note on that um, that Droga 5 ad mm. uh, that I mentioned. Dean Fleischer Camp was one of the directors of. Oh, yeah. Um, Dean Fleischer Camp is a guy that we love and I, and think is hilarious. And was I was sad recently to learn that he and his wife, Jenny Slate, uh, of SNL are getting divorced. Yeah, that you told me that. Um, that so. really breaks my heart because they were one of my favorite. Couples. I know you don't. I know this isn't your first stop for celebrity gossip, but once in a while, um, the crackers versus chips debate. I promised uh, some follow up on that. There's a lot of Twitter chatter. Because mm-hmm, this is because last last week I gave you a really good quiz um, <laughs> where I played you part of a commercial and I beeped out or really I crunched out the name brand of the um, of the chip. All these commercials were some sort of chip, and you had to guess from the context of the commercial whether it was a Pringle commercial or a Lay's commercial, a Ruffle, a, a Cheeto, whatever. And at one point, like you were stuck on a Cheeto one, and you thought it was Cheez Its, and we got in this big fight about whether or not a Cheeto is a is a chip or whether or not a cheese it is a chip because I think cheese it's are very clearly crackers whereas Cheetos yes they're not potato chips but they're something that you would put in a kid's lunch or something as like a chip well uh, the the great debate raise it rages on uh, there's one voicemail that we got from Anthony that I think you should give a play hey guys it's Anthony and Shalimar. Um so uh, the crackers versus chips debate, I was thinking, like, the difference between a cracker and a chip, I'm going to go ahead and say, is that a chip is fried and a cracker is baked, but then they also have baked Lay's. So, are baked Lay's crackers and not chips? Mmm. It's an interesting thought. 
Anyway, love the show, guys. Bye. I think Anthony just got hungry near the end there. Um, I mean, I think the very fact that they had to specifically say baked Lay's does actually – that's the exception that proves your rule because chips are usually something that is fried. So when they came out with a healthier alternative, they don't just call Lay's that are baked Lay's. They call them baked Lay's. So, you know, here's another one, Vives. We were talking about this on TBTL today. Um, and I actually ended up – I was trying to explain this fight we've been having because this is like no joke. Like we've been having this like throughout the week. Like I know our poor been... friends have had to like mediate <laughs> exactly. chips versus crackers all week. Don't get us into the KPLU KUOW debate. That's a whole other thing. No, um, the uh, the um, the the crackers versus chips. I, I was trying to explain it to Luke uh, on TBTL, and he said, "Well, listen, I would put it this way: if you were having people over to watch a sporting event like football, and you said grab a bag of chips or grab some chips on your way over, and somebody grabbed a bunch of Cheetos, you wouldn't think that's weird. That's something that's kind of in the chip category. But if somebody grabbed a bunch of Cheez-Its, you would say, well, those are crackers, but okay. Well, I do think it would be weird to bring Cheetos to an event because Cheetos are so sort of, I don't know, flavor blasted, I guess. Like, it would be that, like, if someone said get some chips, I would think, oh, they probably want something they can dip into a dip. You can't dip Cheetos into a dip. Oh, yeah, somebody emailed me that today or or, or tweeted that. I mean, arguably, if you're going by by into a dip, a a cheetah, a a cheese it is more of of a dippable, you know surface i would say that if we were to walk up to the qfc which we could do tonight as a matter of fact we could walk up to the qfc and my guess is we would find cheese it's in the cracker aisle which is different than the potato chip aisle and I, my guess is we would find bags of cheetos in amongst the potato chips like lays and ruffles would you agree with that yes on that score you're right hmm well the debate rages on one more letter and then let's wrap this up <laughs> Uh, this is from listener Catherine. Catherine, thank you. She says, I just had to let you know of the pain that I'm feeling with Hulu in the commercial breaks. Mm. Uh, and we've said several people uh, yeah. lament this. You know how they just show the same two commercials on all the shows for a few weeks? Well, right now it's a Chevy commercial with that guy, and they're mm. only allowed to use emojis. And it's terrible. Oh, that is I the hate. worst commercial is, in the world. And Catherine, you are not alone. Like, we have other listeners have written in on various platforms to say how much they effing hate that one it is i mean it is like a they have taken it to a new i honestly i say this all the time i think they're trolling us um you can feel the gears turning in the out of touch ad person's head she says emojis are cool let's use them uh so that's totally true i think we need to play it right like that no i i don't want to really no and so it is so bad um she says previously i was getting a pair of gems a clear blue pregnancy test commercial where everybody is excited to only be getting positives immediately followed by a palm breeze alcoholic spritz commercial they really picked a good pair i saw those two commercials throughout the entire mindy project series (laughs) uh so i guess there's two things that ladies can be excited about uh newly pregnant or drink on an alcohol drink an alcoholic (laughs) spritz so i agree i'm much more in favor of uh of pregnancy of uh, pregnancy test ads and uh booze ads didn't somebody do a parody i don't know if it was mr show live or whatever but like somebody did a realistic pregnancy test ad where instead of showing a bunch of women super psyched that they're pregnant the reality of like they pee on the stick and they look at and they're like oh no or they're super excited to learn that they're not pregnant it feels like an snl thing it feels like very tina fey but i couldn't tell you for sure i don't really remember that 
one. Okay. I assume that you won't be posting the um, Chevy emoji ad. No. I do think, though, that if anybody wants to, like, get their blood up, um, just just type in, you know, Chevy emoji. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it here. I'm not going to play it because it really is. It's called – it's for the uh, Chevy Cruise. The TV spot is called Emojis. And if you hate those Chevy ads with the Beardo guy as much as we do, like, this really is. Like, I remember you – I think you, like, texted this to me, like, yeah. a few months ago. And you are just it's like, loathsome. I literally think that they are trolling us now. Yeah. It is the worst commercial. It you feels ever personal. Possibly. It really does. <laughs> I want to play this so bad. It is. So, it is the worst. Should I just play a little bit of it? All right, whatever. I just feel like we played it so much. We're not really. We're not serve, super serving our P ones if we don't play a little bit of it. So this is the um, the focus group leader guy, the Chevy guy with the beard, and he's talking to a bunch of just normal people like you and me. Hello. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Welcome. Today I'm going to show you the all-new 2016 Chevy Cruze and ask you what you think. But here's the catch. You can only answer in emojis. <laughs> what emoji would you use to describe the design? I think it's sexy. So one person used a, uh, a kind of a blushing Rest assured, emoji. they don't have any negative feedback, and some of them are like super adorable because they're thinking about pizza. Yeah, I want to get to the, the one where the guy uses the taco. Nobody uses or the tacos. steaming shit uh, emoji, which would... It's like eggplant, be... eggplant, eggplant <laughs> shit. <laughs> it has available built-in 4G LTE Wi-Fi. Somebody did a uh, rock on and then a, a AOK symbol with the Wi-Fi symbol. Rock on. That's excellent. We got Wi-Fi. This car gets an EPA estimated 40 miles per gallon highway. This car is like a unicorn. It's magical. <laughs> oh, F you. Well, you know what? Lucky for you guys, we don't we don't have the ad here where the guy describes why he used the taco emoji. And the reason he used it is because people just like the taco emoji. It is infuriating. It makes me, it makes me realize that they made more than one of those emoji ads for a Chevy. Yeah, I think the one you sent me was like one of those like 90 seconders that they Ugh. cut up into a bunch. Anyway, let's just ah get out of here. Let's get out of here. You can't sell anything. You can't sell anything. Okay, once again, these ads that we talked about today, except for the emo- don't post the emoji one, uh, <laughs> will be on our Facebook page after these messages show on Facebook. Our email address is the same. It's after these messages show at gmail.com. And we have a phone number. Our phone number is 607 444 5597. I didn't remember, memorize the song that we got. Yeah, I think week. it would be hard to maybe sing over top of this music anyway. But yeah, leave us a voicemail. We'll play your voicemail on the air or um, or any of the feedback you send our way. I'm and I'm at Andrew underscore Walsh. I'm at semi cologne. And uh, anyway, we'll see you guys on the internet, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, pooping on the track, call me Doodle Vic. Cool, cool, cool lady, nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick, no scruples. Cool man, ice cream, scooping it. You can't sell.